Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hype. Wait, hold on. Hyperbole free discussion. I'm back on my game about every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Comrade, and with me as always, winter is coming and so is he. It's Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hello, Conrad. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I feel like I should, uh, or, or I say I should, you should edit in uh, a kind of sound of, uh, a sound effect of applause when I read your name there. It was kind of like a, a game show host introducing yes, a was. contestant. Like, come on down! <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. To talk about Batman and Robin. That's what we're here for. Um, but, look, you know, there's nothing There's nothing better to talk about, to be honest with you. Um, unfortunately, guys, I'm still in my makeshift studio here, so not as well lit as Conrad. Looking lovely over there, Conrad, as ever. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I've got several lights on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never a bad angle for Conrad. But for me, uh, it's it's very makeshift at the minute, and we'll get back up and running very soon, guys. Uh, anyway, Conrad, how was your week? Tell me in general. Are you, uh, over, are you, well, over, are you over that oh, that old uh, SARS-CoV-2, whatever it's called? Like, yeah, bird flu. I'm over the bird flu. I got I got through it um, with the help of vaccinations and good old fashioned clean living. That's what that's what did it for me. <laughs> clean living. Uh, yeah. Clean living. Yeah, that'll that'll fix what ails you. And also several vaccinations. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it's behind me now you can probably still hear it my voice a little bit and when i like when i'm in bed and i like uh breathe breathe like out through my mouth i can hear like a rattle in my oh, throat which no. is always like that's not good that shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> that's not good that's like, it's detached in some way yeah there's something loose inside of me now that's just gonna <laughs> probably stay that way for the foreseeable future i think yeah. we'll see maybe well, it'll you know it'll fit it'll sort itself out probably <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of those one of those things that's like maybe i should go to the doctor but yeah you know it sounds like, like the, it sounds like the setup of a seinfeld episode for me so many like two or three different seinfeld episodes start with jerry just driving his car and he hears a random rattle in the car and that's like the start <laughs> yeah. of the whole episode uh, yeah. so that's what you are now you're a seinfeld episode but the rattle is not in the car it's well in, i hope it's so you. i hope it's so that's uh yeah i hope i'm yeah i'm hope i'm not I don't end up. Actually, how does Jerry's car end up? Like, does he ever replace it? I can't remember. It depends. If he goes to if he goes to Putty, who is the honest uh, eight ball, he wears the eight ball jacket. He mm. he's uh, if he goes there, he's the honest mechanic. He'll fix it for you. The other mechanic he goes to, not so much. Uh, he'll tell him there's something wrong, which isn't, and charge him a whole load of money. So don't go okay. to that one. Don't go to that. Yeah. One. Well, in this metaphor, I'll not go to the doctor who's dishonest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how I'll distinguish them, to be honest. But, well, if I find one wearing an eight-ball jacket, I'll know immediately that that's the doctor for me. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, without further ado, we've done our Jerry Seinfeld bit now. We've done the COVID bit. Um, preamble's finished. I've decided that this is a new thing I'm going to do. I love it. I'm just going to be be like, you've enjoyed that bit for long enough. Let's move on to the next bit. So let's talk <laughs> about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. We're here to talk about them once again. You know the deal. You're you're here. You've been. You've probably been here before. And if not, this is the deal. And welcome to it. The year is 1997. We were in 1995 last week, uh, and now it's 1997. And Anthony watch and out, I watch out, uh, Mary McKillop Primary School in Nary Warren. Anthony's. About. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> Anthony's about. Anthony's popping in. Oh, he's I cut, see. He's hit the school. You know, they never know. They'll, they'll, you know, it's sort of. Like, I don't know. 
It's like a stranger coming in, in into town in a western. I blew into that primary school. Oh, yeah, the man with no name. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's my that's my name on this podcast. You can't have that. You have to come up with a different <laughs> yeah. a different mysterious nickname for you. Um, I don't know what I was doing in 1997. Probably just fucking around, to be honest. Existing, you know, kicking cans down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Better in our day, Conrad. We yeah, the kids these days they don't know they're born. That's what I say. <laughs> we Anthony and I are dressed up now. They're not. It may not look it, but we we've got on our finest outfits because Anthony, we're about to attend a funeral, and that oh. is the funeral of Batman. Because <laughs> we're here today to talk about Joel Schumacher's final entry in his run with the Batman si- series, Batman character, um, which was 1997's Batman and Robin, and both commercially and artistically, this would be. An enormous failure and would shelve the Cape Crusader for eight years, which let me tell you, as someone who was 10 when this came out, I probably didn't see it when it came out, though. I probably saw it a bit later. But that eight years felt like a long fucking time when I was a teenager. I can imagine that, actually, because when I first started watching these movies, I was probably like seven or eight, so it would have been 99, 98. So they already would have been out. I was probably seeing them on TV. So by the, even by that point, it felt like forever until 2003 yeah. when Batman began. Was it yeah. 2003 I, or 2005? 2005. 2005 was yeah. Batman Begins. I remember there being a, um, a a sort of teaser trailer for one of the Scooby-Doo movies that began with um, a silhouette of, that looked like Batman and the Danny Elfman music played, and it turned out to be Scooby-Doo with his yeah. ears up. And I was like, <laughs> you fucking dog. Playing with my heart <laughs> is what you're doing. It is, it is weird, that, though, because like when I think of it now, like I'll, I'll watch... I don't know, like Mad Max Fury Road, I think, came out in yeah. 2014. That was eight years ago. And I'd be like, oh, Mad Max Fury Road came out like a year ago. And now I'll look yes. and it'll be like, nope, that was eight years ago. And I, I know like it's a very like boomer ass thing to say like, yeah. oh, make the most of your time because it, it'll fly by. But it is like, it feels a lot slower when you're living it as a child than it does when you're an adult. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, when, I, when I thought back about that and thought this came out in 1997, I was thinking, geez, maybe some people at the time were thinking when Batman Begins was being slated as being made, they were thinking, not another reboot, you know? Uh, oh, so- probably. Yeah, there were definitely people like our age and that would be like, fucking, can they make something new instead of Batman? Whereas yeah. I was there as like a 16-year-old being like, yes, finally! Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I... Yeah, obviously we'll get onto Batman Begins soon enough, but but that that uh, that shift is very massive. This is definitely, I think you you, to- you toned it correctly saying this is the funeral of Batman, because Batman actually didn't appear in this film. Actually, um, Bruce Wayne definitely wasn't in it. I don't know who the hell this guy is, but it's not, it's not, it's not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh this, my god, this, this guy, this guy <laughs> is a fucking charlatan, is what he is. So I mean, there's no other way to put it, really. This is a movie about butts, about about asses, and about nipples, jokes, and about play like plays on words and puns that don't really make very much sense. Why is Batman in this walking around? I know he was a little bit in the last one, but even more so. Why is he walking around like he's inside, like you know, Michelangelo's David? Like, why is he inside a sculpted version of a naked man? <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, the Batsuit in this. They're all kind of bad, but there's like... When you compare this to, you know, the most recent Batman, definitely, where it's like a, it's like a tre- an armoured trench coat, mm-hmm. and um, the Christopher Nolan ones, where it's like a ninja outfit, essentially. Like, there's just no function to this whatsoever. And, and, and in it, to its credit, 
Batman and Robin is a movie that is much maligned. Uh, that famously George Clooney would say um, when he, when after this movie came out and he'd done the press junket for it and he could stop pretending like it was a good movie. Um, he would famously say if someone came up to him and told him that they'd seen this movie, he would give them the cost of the ticket as a, as a form of apology, which I don't know if he ever actually did that, but it made for a very good quote about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say right now, I don't actually think this is that noticeably worse than Batman Forever. You're right. Um, I think it's more in a lot of ways it's just more <laughs> like all the all the things that Joel Schumacher was kind of toying with in Batman Forever he just cranked those knobs right up and was like let's make this incredibly camp and incredibly stupid in a lot of ways that were actually quite funny where but but only occasionally funny I right think that's, okay that's funny. let me say this right like Batman Returns was Tim Burton being given the license to make it as Burton-y as he wanted, because he, he proved in the first one that he could do it, yeah. even though it was a bit watered down. They gave him the keys for they that gave, one. They gave him the keys. Why did Warner Brothers give Schumacher the keys after <laughs> Batman <laughs> Forever? It's Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And I bet I would love to have been in the sort of test screenings for, for, for the Warner Brothers like executives for this movie when... You know, you're you're opening to a Batman movie. The Tim Burton one's very gothic. These gothic fairy tales about Penguin, or you know, these this kind of noirish thing in the first one with the Joker set up. Um, and it, like Batman Forever, it opens with an action sequence of um, you know the the Two Face robbing a bank. This one, it immediately opens with a joke, and then shots of men's asses as they get ready to to fight crime, and it just. I imagine being in the room, having seen the Batman series, like become this this you know very very valuable intellectual property, and then seeing what the, what it's become. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, like is this is this the tone we're going for, Joel? And then Mister Freeze shows up, and oh. holy smokes! I, I'm going to say hockey. this: Why are they hockey players? Hockey. I don't mind that the hockey players. You know, at least it's thematic. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mighty Ducks hockey... was massive at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. They wanted to capture that sweet, sweet Mighty Ducks money, and this was the only way they could think to do it. Now, I like... No, that's not true. I was going to say I like Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. I don't. He's awful in this. <laughs> but he's still one of the best characters in this movie, which is not yeah. saying much. Well, that's what I meant it... That's what I meant last week when I said that they learnt their lesson from Two-Face, because they, they actually did put a somewhat compelling backstory into this character. Not, yeah, not like at the he... beginning... He was just out of nowhere at the beginning. Uh, mm. And when I was watching it with Ema, she did laugh and say, oh my God, they're just doing Two-Face again. Because uh, funny enough, she's a, she was a massive Burton fan. And she's a big superhero fan now too. But when she was growing up, she only watched the Batmans that Burton did because she was a Burton fan. So yeah. she didn't. She had never seen these two before, uh, and so that was a that was a wild trip. But let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, that was a that's a tonal shift. I, ex- I expect for for someone who hasn't seen these before and has only seen the Burton ones. Yeah. Um, but you are right; he does have a meaningful character arc, and it's funny actually. He's in many ways is actually like the opposite of Two Face because he has a good character arc, which um, Two Face doesn't have. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made Two Face an okay villain, or, or like kind of kept him kept his head above water as a character was tommy lee jones's performance mm-hmm. whereas this is kind of the opposite where the writing and the performance of mr freeze is so bad that the the thing that's keeping his head above water is the good character arc because like the the first thing he says I, this is something i go, i just i have to keep coming back to when we talk about this movie <laughs> 
he only talks in puns. That's all yeah, he ever yeah, talks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Which I could forgive if the puns were good. But the first thing he says is, in this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. Which A, isn't true. And B, I don't understand what it means. Like, what does that <laughs> What does that mean? Well, I think actually, it's maybe not everything freezes. But isn't he is kind of right, though, isn't he? Isn't like the only thing that's certain is the inevitable heat death of the universe? Well, I mean, I guess so, but that's not freezing. Like, a sun isn't going to freeze. <laughs> like, you know, it's like... It's, yeah, it's a heat... It, but it's heat also is, just, like, it's yeah, so no tenuous. Ice. There's going to be no ice. No, yeah. and it's just, like, it's such a tenuous pun. <laughs> like, it's yeah, sort of like, if you're going to make puns, make them good puns. Like, don't just throw well, out throw well, out actually, shit. Actually, no, no, that one at least, at least that one had a little bit of nous about it. You think, like, this guy thinks he's really smart because he used to be a scientist or whatever. He still is, actually. Mm. The one I didn't like was the one two minutes later where he, he said, uh, what happened to the dinosaurs? <laughs> the ice age. And then he just like yeah. starts shooting dinosaurs. Just shooting a model ice. dinosaur. It's like, okay. I, I, yes, technically that did happen to the dinosaurs, but what? What, what, what? Okay, is that meant to be? What does that have to do with anything else that's happening here? You're zapping a model dinosaur. I guess it makes sense. It, it does, um, but, I, but it, it just—it it was a real weak pun for me. It's awful. It's awful, but, and uh, it keeps happening. Although it wasn't—that wasn't the stupidest thing that happened in the opening scene. The stupidest thing that happened, in my opinion, is. Uh, the go-go gadget ice skates on the bottom of Robin and Batman's boots. Oh, those were amazing! What a what a fortuitous bit of bit <laughs> yeah. of design. Alfred, you've uh, outdone yourself, mate. Yeah, yeah. Did he like? Did he know? He it was like they're going up against Mister Freeze, who is another yet another character who has never been mentioned in this series, and and then is implied to have been active for some time at the beginning of this movie. Well, Alfred, but yeah, they... yeah, Alfred, Alfred has outdone himself, and he also oh. multiple times throughout this movie. He does have some sort of premonition in terms of suits. Uh, yeah. I don't know why he's, he's got. I think I could shop to the to the Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne. Everyone now. gets one. Yeah, I think Everyone. Any, whoever whoever shows up, he's he's always like, I've uh, I've got your measurements. I took, in the, the system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I took the li- I took the liberty, sir, and then like just hands you a fucking weaponized superhero costume. Not and just one, two. I'm pretty sure the second one she was wearing at the end when they all had the same colors on. Uh, Batgirl was a different suit so he actually not only did he know she was going to want to be a superhero he also knew that she needed to tie in thematically while fighting an ice villain yeah you've got to you've got to get the colors right otherwise otherwise you'll just look like there's no uniformity between the outfits you'll look ridiculous um so okay I mean where to begin but with the two kind of dueling introductions of our characters here and i think you are right that they they kind of learn the lesson of batman forever by having i guess competent introductions to the characters so mr freeze we get all of these puns then we get in the space of like literally like five minutes we get ice tank dinosaur rocket ship him saying that your heart freezes at thirty thousand feet which i don't think is true either but i mean i'm not a why would I'm the not inside of you freeze first yeah i don't i don't i don't understand maybe your blood freezes i don't think it's thirty thousand feet though that sounds wrong to me um then they surf in the sky robin is frozen that and then boiled weird. a model of chris o'donnell is boiled alive to to thaw him while mr freeze makes his escape an unbelievable, just a tour de force of it, uh, of of shitty like action set pieces in the beginning, and then we we jump from that to 
what is essentially a naked gun sketch where like the bad guy united nations are bidding on supervillain yeah. f- formula being sold to them by like the crazy crazy doctor guy who poison lionel ivy luther. works for lionel luther from smallville oh. yes absolutely yeah and he, so he creates bane and you've just got like I don't even know who it would be. I, I don't know if like Idi Amin was still around at this point, but it's like Idi Amin and like Yasser Arafat and whatever. The, yeah. These like, there's I don't even know if they're supposed to be real people, but it's like sort of suspicious looking sub-Saharan African military man and guy dressed like a like an, an oil sheik or something. Just generally tasteless stereotypes, <laughs> like watching this, uh, this super soldier uh, thing be performed. Um, Although and, I will say be- about the super soldier uh, experiment being performed there, we i said it about like batman's cape and stuff in cj weirdly really well done how this this yeah. that, that this guy was growing into bane i was like i said it while we were watching it to, to him i said well this film in 97 had the balls that i know uh, that uh, captain america didn't have in the late 2000s but to show the they show showed the transformation. the transformation and it actually looked good yeah, it didn't look too bad. I think. That, I mean, there definitely is some CGI in this movie. Cough. Arnold Schwarzenegger's frozen tear. Cough. That, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, does yeah, not yeah. look good. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But the Bane transformation. You're absolutely right. It looked pretty good. And um, one thing I have to mention: Bane isn't really a character in this movie. He's just like a heavy who goes mm-hmm. around, yeah. uh, like grunting like a zombie occasionally. But he is played by in his transformed state. Is played by the amazingly named Jeep Swenson is the name of the actor who played him. Which I feel like if your name is Jeep, you kind of have to be a weightlifter. Like there's no there's you've got no other choice than to than to commit to bodybuilding as a as a as a hobby. Well I think he was an uh, I think he was a professional wrestler actually. I don't know how he like, looked like a, he, he definitely has the body of a professional wrestler and yeah. there is spoilers for later there's another little cameo from a professional wrestler in this that'll be interested to see if you spot it or not uh oh okay interesting i don't know it's only like it was a blink and you'll miss it one but i was like it's more about the voice i'll give you that hint now and see if you can uh, okay, figure okay. out who it was but um so in this scene uma thurman because who's I, I don't actually know poison ivy's um character's name uh, i can't remember it but she mm. joins the long list, and it is a long list at this point, of naive characters who tell the truth to someone who is obviously about to kill them. So you've got Catwoman, like, really putting her foot in it with um, with uh, Max Shrek in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Edward Nigma's boss kind of, like, turning him down while he's strapped to a chair and calling him an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, he's obviously going to kill you. Just, like, lie to him. <laughs> and now you've got Poison Ivy, who's like, I'm not going to go along with your super soldier plans. I want to protect the plants. And then gets killed um, and comes back uh, via the super soldier serum and the plant, f- like, kind of formula that she's created mm-hmm. uh, as Poison Ivy. So those are your introductions. I don't think either of them are particularly good. Was there anything that, st- like, stood out to you about those, though? Uh, no, except, f- I suppose, maybe not really the introduction, but whenever Poison Ivy sort of gets introduced to Gotham, I suppose, and, like, her whole plan is that she wants to save the planet, um, yeah. and then Bruce Wayne's like, um, excuse me, how's this ever gonna happen, you know? And he, like, even, like, he p- picks, fairly, I think, fairly picks a few holes in her plan, but then mm. doesn't, but doesn't say, 
but you've got some good ideas. I do, I do believe the world should be, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe we'll meet, we'll meet next time, or I'll take this anyway. Maybe you've got a, good, a few good ideas. It's a bit extreme for me, but we'll work on it. No, he just points and laughs at her. And the whole room laughs at her. Yeah, and they're like, it's such an unprofessional. <laughs> it's such an unprofessional press conference. Like they yeah. all just burst out laughing at her. It's like this po- you know, she might not have ideas that you agree with, but don't just openly laugh at her. Like in this, yeah, in this, I will like, point out as well. This was happening before she said that uh, people dying were casualties that that it would need to be made. I mean, I, obviously at that point you you are thinking, okay, she's a bit she's a bit extreme, but uh, yeah, you know, she has to have those extreme views to turn into a bad guy. So you know, in, in that in that regard, maybe yeah, really well yeah, she does sort of start off as like, oh, honestly, I'm I'm kind of on her side with this one. But yeah, like, yeah, she starts she, off like that. Also, like, also freeze. Free, this is the whole thing. Freeze's story as well. I'm like, actually, it's 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 both of them in this film. It is very much a case of I kind of see what they're doing and I agree with them. Yeah. And they're empathetic to a certain point, but the methods I disagree with. You know, that's well. Uh, so I mean, let, let's talk about Mister Freeze then. So we we go from these two introductions to um, an amazing introduction to his backstory, played via like a video clip that Batman and Robin and, and Alfred are watching, which shows Arnold Schwarzenegger working at a terminal with an enormous vat of liquid nitrogen just behind him and then the terminal zaps him or something and he just falls into the vat of liquid nitrogen (laughs) it's just who someone should have seen that happening guys like that was obviously a security risk like come on he didn't get the memo of like uh of the joker from like seven years earlier or whatever (laughs) yeah we gotta put lids on our vats guys don't (laughs) stand next to unsecured vats of chemicals like you're gonna fall in it's only a matter of time um and wouldn't you know it he does and it's revealed to us that uh he has been trying to work on a cure for a condition that his wife has or had i think i don't syndrome yeah mcgregor's syndrome which we don't actually know i believe at this point in the movie you don't actually know that she's still alive but you find out very quickly because it cuts to um mr freeze in the present day trying to get his his cronies to sing as a choir which is just a weird introduction to (laughs) like that character trying to get them to sing as a choir and then revealing that his suit is powered by diamonds (laughs) i don't know how that works i'm not a scientist maybe there is a way to power a suit via diamonds but he just pops a couple, boop, boop, just pops a couple of diamonds in. And he's good as new. It's like because apparently they they like multiply the freeze effect. I don't, I don't sure. really get the science. They yeah, so, something something refraction, something freeze effect. It's <laughs> yeah. it, listen. I'm not here to make sense of Joel Schumacher's ideas. All right, I'm simply here to report them back to you. Oh, I and will say is, the mention of the diamond though. The, the mention of the diamond is my second favorite mention of a diamond in a movie because uh, he does say diamond very funny. Uh, the first uh, uh, sort of piece of diamond dialogue, which in my in my film, uh, my favorite diamond moment, is not as funny, and it's Digimon Honsu's delivery of the line, uh, you know, where is the diamond in Blood Diamond? Very powerful, very emotional. Not oh, quite okay. on the yeah, same not quite level. The same tone. Yeah, not quite not the, the same. same t- <laughs> not quite the same tone as uh, as this one, but still just as great. I mean, similar though, like because he plans <laughs> to go and steal a big diamond from Bruce Wayne that is going to be used for a system of satellites and mirrors mm-hmm. that will do a thing um and he wants to steal it because when once he has enough power from a diamond he can <laughs> cure his wife i think um i, th- I uh no 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 you misunderstood the contract come on it's uh, <laughs> it's very simple he wants to freeze the whole of gotham <laughs> so that they they fund his research 
because they're... oh is it just a threat oh yeah, okay fine because i knew yeah. he resorted to freezing gotham later on but i didn't i missed the, the that beginning was it was meant to, to be a with. threat yeah it was just meant to get oh funding. okay oh i'm an idiot i'm the idiot here guys <laughs> <laughs> so okay that's his plan um he also i just wanted to mention this because i found it really funny um vivica fox plays like his kind of sexy assistant lady uh she was yeah. will smith's wife in independence day and was also yeah, in kill bill yeah. and her character's name is miss behaven which i was like that's a great <laughs> name <laughs> did is, is kill bill before this or after this or no kill bill was like 2003 i think so that was yeah like six so years after vivica this. fox and uma thurman reignite re re, re capturing that batman and robert magic yeah, well, I mean, you can't blame Quentin Tarantino for watching this and being like, Uma Thurman, like, you know, she could she could play like a femme fatale because she does have, like, I don't I don't like to, you know, objectify anyone in these movies, mm-hmm. but she definitely has a very kind of sexy introduction uh, at the at the ball that she attends, which mark it off your bingo cards if you've got one folks there is a there is a there (laughs) There is a ball that batman and robin are in attendance for where there's like some diamond that they're auctioning off for oh no they're just showing off the diamond and they're auctioning off women for some reason i don't that's it's very like i think they they started auctioning off uh women because uma thurman came in and said you know you'll get a date with me if you buy this diamond because no, but they were bidding on them before she shows up. Oh, like, okay. They're, they're, well, there all the women are flowers, and there's, a, there's there's men who are like, I'll bid five hundred thousand yeah, dollars for the tulip. I and don't it, understand and, why scriptwriters in Hollywood don't understand. Like they don't get how auctions work. I don't care <laughs> if someone is got some love dust on them. They wouldn't forget that if someone bids a hundred thousand, you just bid a hundred and ten. You don't go to a five hundred. <laughs> go, go straight like, to like even, a million. Even though they're love drunk from this powder, it doesn't mean yeah. they forget the sense of bidding. It's so yeah, it's so, just like you know, bid sensibly, guys. You can go up to a million if it, if push comes to shove, but don't go straight to a million. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. come on. There's, that was Batman's fault. He went to a million, and then Robin. Well, I mean, Batman's with got Batman's money. Ba- yeah that, that didn't make any sense at all like batman and robin competing when robin has no money uh and then obviously the iconic moment where batman produces the back credit card um if you <laughs> oh, didn't realize the movie had jumped was jumping the shark that was surely the moment where i was like oh, okay this is gonna be that kind of movie then right this is this is fucking stupid um i have jumped over something here which is just to say that we mentioned it last week i have to mention it this week alicia silverstone is introduced to us before this happens as alfred's niece i think um and she's here it's not really clear why she's here she's kind of like oh i'm here in my holidays from oxbridge technical university or whatever it's called you know know what i find hilarious about that and maybe people not from the uk wouldn't know this but Oxbridge is actually yeah. the name given to the two universities together. So, like yeah. Oxbridge, you would talk about like Oxbridge being Oxford and Cambridge, which yeah. is hilarious to me because this really, really sparks to me of like someone in America writing and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so clever! I've just amalgamated Oxford yeah. and." It Cambridge. really annoyed me when they. I'm sure it's in the comics or whatever. It's probably Bob yeah. Kane's fault. But like, it really annoyed me when they said that. I was like, "Wait, Oxbridge? Do you mean as in she goes to Oxford and Cambridge, or is Oxbridge just a made-up place?" And no, makes, no, uh, the, the, the Oxbridge is actually like what they call the two universities because they're like head and shoulders above the rest yeah yeah it's like the kind of it's just a a, a short ha- a, a, a kind of audio 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 shorthand for naming yeah. those two universities 
but you know maybe she goes to both of them maybe, well, I, th- maybe I think the- she said it was very strange as well because she said uh her parents passed away so of course she's an orphan she's gonna be a superhero that's how these films work yeah. so um but but the thing is she said an uncle alfred also can we talk about uncle alfred right He's, he's not her uncle. What's he like? 85? Eighty-five. <laughs> he was eighty-five when they made this movie. Oh, Alyssa Silverson, I checked, was twenty years old when she. <laughs> made she's, this. she's playing like a seventeen, sixteen, seventeen-year-old. Yeah. All I'm saying is, the math doesn't add up there. Now, I'm I'm not shaming old or young parents. Whatever age you want to be when you have a, a child, if you can financially and if you can support that child, if you you know lovingly support that child, fine, do it. But we're talking we're talking about a nearly seventy-year difference here. Yeah, it's unlikely. It's, it's a, <laughs> unlikely. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, that's that's unlikely. <laughs> I mean, it depends how old Milfred is or whatever the fuck his brother that's never been mentioned before Wil- is called. Yeah, Wilfred. Yeah, Wilfred. That's it. But, like, but that's not Wilfred. her dad, though. That's not her dad. Her mother is is Peggy. Peg. Oh, that yeah, that's right. Yeah, Peg. So uh, it, I mean, it, you can't think too hard about the age difference because it, it frankly doesn't make any sense. But the thing I wanted to mention is something that you very astutely identified last mm. week when we were talking about Batman Forever, which is that Chris O'Donnell is thankfully playing a minor <laughs> in this because the first thing he, his character, Dick Grayson, does when when he o- opens the door and finds uh, Alicia Silverson's. Um, uh, character sort of prying through a window is said oh i hope you're here for me which it is an odd thing to see a man who was close to 30 by the point of this movie <laughs> saying about a girl who is supposed to be about 14 at this point um, um not as awkward as the uh butt and boob shots we got during the uh the, the dress-up scene at the end oh when the, yeah the ultimate dress-up sequence with the the nipples on everyone's suits is very very subtle on hers though i will say Free the yeah, very tasteful. <laughs> a very a very tasteful nipple on the Batgirl yeah. suit, which I think we can all agree added to the uh, to the 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 production design and the ambiance of the movie. Um, <laughs> something actually, I wanted to ask you about. We I, I kind of ragged on on Batman Forever a bit last week for saying it's kind of abandoned like the gothic Burton esque yeah. expressionistic city design. And I feel like I, I wrote this in a review I did in my letterbox, and I kind of it, it is a joke, but it's I think it might actually be serious. Or it might actually be true. I feel like between making Batman Forever and this, someone showed Joel Schumacher Metropolis. Because there's mm. none of the like Art Deco Metropolis kind of stuff in Batman Forever. And then this you've got Art Deco skyscrapers, you've got skyways, you've got like these enormous statues. Like yeah, what's all that of about? that is back. And it's and it's great. I love it. But it's just like either someone said to him oh you need to bring all of that shit back because that's the shit people like from yeah. from from the tim burton movies or he watched metropolis and was like oh this is cool i'm gonna do this and forgot that tim <laughs> yeah. burton did it already in the first two movies but it, it just really stuck out to me like there's, there's a moment um where they're like chasing mr freeze and they're literally riding along the arm of an enormous statue yeah thousands of meters above the the streets of gotham and it's like this wouldn't have been in the in that in batman forever this doesn't make it this is nothing like but the, that. but even at that moment even they couldn't the stupid script writing why on earth does mr freezer's like van basically a bus he's driving make the jump but batman's like to robin yeah. on a motorbike you're not gonna yeah. make it you're not 
He's on a motorbike. He's much more likely to make it. Yeah, he's much lighter and has great acceleration and is far more dangerous for you to like lock his brakes up yeah. meters from the edge than it is to just let him make the jump, to be honest. You know, like you've all got like suits. You can fly if worse comes to worst or or surf through the sky on bits of metal like it. you did in the, the... Yeah, we've seen you do it. We know yeah, it's possible. Very Pierce Brosnan-esque, um, you know? So, um... As that scene comes to its conclusion, as this this chase across the kind of gothic skyscrapers of uh, Gotham reaches its conclusion, Mr. Freeze at one point, I didn't actually write down when he says it, but he gives us another classic, another zinger, where he just says, it's a cold town. And it's like, what does that mean? It's not a pun. It doesn't, like, it's... Chicago or not Chicago Gotham is like feels like an analog of Chicago and that's the windy city but I don't know it's a cold town my what town, does that my mean my town <laughs> <laughs> we'll do we'll do that one day uh, what's the name of that movie for anyone listening who doesn't the windy, recognize windy, that? windy city heat windy city heat that's it that's a guys a great movie um, this is windy city cold yeah windy city cold it's a cold town so <laughs> Mr. Freeze is taken to Arkham and this is the moment when I wasn't sure if you'd recognise that Jesse the Body Ventura is oh. one of his guards at Arkham Asylum. <laughs> uh, oh my god. It, it's amazing. Uh, he before, only gets like is two this before lines. the mayoral, mayoral, mayoral run? Uh, just about, I think. Yeah, I think that, I think his... Oh, was he governor? I can't remember what he was. But yeah, he was... Um, yeah, I think that was like 2000 or something. Governor, yeah. But, governor Ventura, you're right. Oh my god, Conrad! But, I've, got, uh, yeah. I've got something I need to talk to you about, right? Because I don't know, I don't know when the right time to bring this up was. Okay, <laughs> but what is with Batman's eye holes in this film? All right, oh, they're wild. Like his his eye holes on his suit—they look like they've been designed for a completely different actor. They are they are li- they are massive. They're like the size they're of, huge. They're both the size of an egg, or even, yeah. even bigger. And then there's so much black paint on George Clooney's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, his eyes are like right at the edge of the hole. So therefore, he looks so doofy running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. He looks like, cross-eyed I, 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 all the time. I th- my my thinking is that they wanted to try and get like some of his brow into the shot so he could emote with yeah. his eyes and that would maybe capture the campness or, or the goofiness or whatever but it just looks ridiculous like it's like I mean I know that Batgirl where and Robin for that matter where the shittest disguises anyone's <laughs> ever seen like there there's a bit later in this movie oh, where yeah. Alicia Silverstone turns up with her you know tiny little slip a, a strip of fabric across her eyes and says it's me and whatever and, and no one recognizes her and we're to believe that this is <laughs> an accurate like we're just to accept that no one recognizes her which you know whatever superman does dumb stuff like that as well i can't be t- i can't f- floor it um i can't um floor it's not the right word i can't criticize it yeah, yeah, too yeah, much yeah. for uh for that but but george clooney's his appearance is it's so firstly it's so obviously him and secondly it just looks bad it just yeah, looks yeah. silly i think a lot of the time yeah and oh well, you mentioned as well like this also even the suit design of just him just being like a naked man with a cape I, yeah very strange suit design um you know how last film we had also the uh gym gym gymnastic skills hanging the uh the laundry on the line uh moments? yes right yeah. so so he, we funnily enough we should have had that in this there was no real moment to show why Alicia Silverstone can fight. No. And and then she becomes Batgirl and starts beating up Uma Thurman. I I I don't know, we could have used some sort of laundry training scene, you know. Yeah, maybe... there was nothing. They're, like she's a hacker. Like so we see yeah. 
towards the end of the movie we see she's, her hack into the hacker. back computer she hacks into the back computer <laughs> yeah, she, after she, 20 guesses after 20 guesses i love when she hacks into the back and when she hacks she's a hacker into the back computer and it's first of the first thing that opens up is like schematics of the batmobile which is like come on like don't at least hide that away in a folder somewhere or you know password protect it but then not only is it schematics but there's just shitty low resolution jpegs of like the batmobile just scrolling across yeah. the screen as well alfred alfred really wanted to whoever got into that computer what i th- what i think's funny is every time alfred logs in into that disc he has to like put up with that <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like he has to put up with all of this stuff he's like okay i've seen it okay yeah. hurry up it's like it's i just like want to really send long... an email to my brother in india like please stop this is such really, a long really... boot up such a long boot like... <laughs> yeah. um so i mean well i mean the reason is that he probably doesn't have time to um to to sort out his desktop because he's busy busy building an a a perfect ai of himself in oh. the back cave which turns up later in the movie so Whistle stop tour of the plot then, just to bring us up to speed. Well, Alfred, yeah, you also- mentioned the AI, Conrad, and I'm going to do the annoying thing where I stop you, right? Because well, that, that, let me you- let me do this, the plot up until the AI, oh, and okay, then we can yeah, talk yeah, about okay, it. Because yeah, okay. yeah I, I want to talk about the AI, but we gotta. I've skipped so much. So okay, he, Alfred has McGregor syndrome. Yeah. There's a weird scene where George Clooney forgets that he's in a really damn like dumb camp movie, and they try to do like an emotional. I'll, I'll save you Alfred moment it's like what kind of movie is this this is not an appropriate scene for this movie there's a CGI tear on Arnold there's a, there's a motorbike neon paint gang gathering featuring Coolio yeah. uh, and, and then we get to this to this hacking sequence so go on t- tell me about your your thoughts on the Alfred AI or, or should I say Alfred uh, AI okay, because that's a sign <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's an AI, AI is that it's voice glitches sometimes right. my, my point is that it's much more uh, advanced than you think it is it's not just an AI it's actually they must be using the uh, Edward Nigma um <laughs> technology from the previous film because <laughs> yeah. somehow that's what they did with it yeah <laughs> somehow this ai is also beamed into alfred's head because when he finally comes around from his uh, magruber syndrome or whatever he's got right, <laughs> when, he, when he comes around from that and then walks out into the the the, the room He's like, uh, thanks to you all. You all saved me. It's like, how do you know that, Alfred? Yeah. How do, <laughs> how do, you, how do you know that your niece is now a He superhero? just assumed. He assumed <laughs> yeah. she figured it out at some point. It like, was like a... It, it was it was only a matter of time until she hacked in. Like, like his that, password was, was three actually, letters. That was actually just the AI. That wasn't Alfred anymore. He's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alfred actually a, died but he's just a projection like <laughs> yeah. Rimmer and uh, Red Dwarf um, god that's yeah that would be a much better movie if he just turned into a hologram also if he um, made this AI which would do his job for him then why did he need to send the disc to his brother yeah that doesn't make any sense there's no it doesn't make any sense at all and and also I mean this is this is kind of an aside at this point but if you are in charge of all of the schematics for a superhero's uh, <laughs> like technical data don't make your like have a better password than peggy like that's that's yeah. not a good password it's there's no numbers there's no special characters i mean yeah if you're trying to if you're trying to crack that with a simple like alphabetic uh you know crack that's this is 26 to the power of three and you're in like that's yeah, exactly that's terrible it's Terrible. easy easy to do so okay we we get then the suit up moment um before like before they all the, they all come back where um batgirl gets an outfit that ai alfred says that he's made for her um and we get the reveal of the bat 
swamp boat thing that Robin is riding. Um, Batgirl gets like a motorbike. Is it, like she's got one of you know one of those boats with, like the enormous fan behind it. Yeah, and you ride I know, in, like Louisiana right. or whatever. When I went to Louisiana, um, I was really annoyed we didn't go on our swamp tour on one of those, but they cost like way more than the normal boat. Oh, that's a shame. I would love to go on one of those, but yeah, if it was expensive, I probably wouldn't have done it either. Um, and yeah, Batman gets like a I don't know what you call it. It's like a jet. It's like a rocket powered sled or something. Like it's it's a very niche bit of equipment. But uh, yeah, at this point in the film, I'm finding it hard to differentiate between all the vehicles. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how okay. I don't know how Alfred was making them all. Like, <laughs> no, it's, I mean they 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 do say in Batman Forever that he's a bit of a mechanic. So that's kind of the way they have. <laughs> Where's way. his room? The though? Like, where where are they rising from? Like, it never shows the cave. <laughs> We're going to need no. a bigger cave. And why does he have a ski? Like, why is that necessary when you operate in a city? Like, it's just so niche. <laughs> get the get the rocket powered sled the streets have frozen over just as we always expect i mean it, yes it is stupid but is it as stupid as robin's uh rubber lips which he takes off oh. right after being kissed by uh poison ivy yeah what just completely re- three inches from her face completely yeah. so, revealing his lips to her so that entire scene like that's really the only arc that, that batman and robin get is they like compete for poison ivy's affections robin gets jealous and he gets kind of punked out again he gets tossed into some goop at one point um a generally turn, made didn't, to look didn't get any superhero powers for no it, he didn't get any superpowers from that which is a real shame i'm sure he was yeah. kind of fingers crossed like this yeah. is a good one <laughs> um but it turned out it was just goo of some just description goop. just goop and in that scene, so the, the, like the the bad guys, while all this has been going on, Mister Freeze has made an alliance with Poison Ivy for for some reason. They need to get the they need to get the diamond. It, it's yeah. unclear what what they really stand to gain from it. Um, in that scene where Robin goes to see Poison Ivy, she kisses him. He takes off the plastic lips. There's a the, Robin gets tossed into the water. Batgirl turns up to fight Poison Ivy, and there's some real there's a real girl boss moment. There is a moment in that scene where Robin comes he he emerges from the water gasps for breath and then is pulled back down and i watched it five times to double check this is correct and literally they it's it's half of a clip and they just reverse it at the halfway point so his head comes up there's a there's a couple of frames pause and then the clip is reversed and he just goes down again and i cannot believe that made it into a hollywood production it's like one of the like if i'm spotting that there's no way that other people aren't it was unbelievable that they put that in a in a in like a a movie that cost as much as this oh my god i didn't notice that at all i gotta watch that now awful awful but anyway so yeah they 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 fight mr freeze mr freeze is is busy freezing gotham and they manage to use this satellite system to be like it's morning in the congo let's get the sunlight and we'll we'll steal congo's sunlight i guess and we'll unfreeze gotham um and they they manage to manage to do it eventually there's a redemption arc for mr freeze as he reveals that he can cure mr mcgregor's Mr. McGregor, <laughs> as, as he can, he can cure Alfred's McGregor's syndrome. Yeah, um, and uh, we end happily with Alfred revealing to the 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 Bat Trio that he is alive and well, and Mr. Freeze is made the cellmate of Poison Ivy at Arkham, which I have several questions about. So, first off, why yeah. would they put? Why would they knowingly put them together? Because they're obviously gonna try and kill each other and secondly mm. why does mr freeze is st- i know he's had a redemption but he's still in prison why does he get his suit in that's prison? true 
That's true. He just have a cold room. Yeah, I mean, they proved with the Jesse the Body Ventura room that they can just give him like a beam of cold yeah. air somehow in the middle of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and just give them, just give a, a thicker beam with the with the uh, the thing in place. Conrad, this is the problem with this film, right? It can <laughs> just be the one. It can be summed up with this uh, this little thing, uh, and I can see I need I need the production lights here because I'm getting a bit dark over here, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, what I what I can say is is that it can be summed up with there was a a character in this film that existed purely because Joel Schumacher wanted to hang around with Elle McPherson for a few weeks. I forgot like, Ellie McPherson was in this as well. Why, yes, why, yeah, why, Joel Schumacher just wanted to hang around with Elle McPherson for a couple of weeks and so he cast her as Batman's girlfriend and I, th- I think she has like two lines. Like what's, what's the point oh, of that character? That- there is a lot. There's a moment in this where um, I think it's where where Poison Ivy first confronts Bruce Wayne and um, like the the kind of um, like tabloid journalist asks Bruce Wayne about marriage and mm-hmm. Ellen McPherson's there with him and George Clooney's delivery of lot is literally like uh, marriage. Uh, 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 well, I, uh, do you want to help me out? And it's just the most wooden delivery I've ever heard. And then Ellie McPherson says, "We're madly in love and we're happy for now," which doesn't sound convincing at all. And then she's in another scene where she says she's not prepared to wait around forever. And that's all her character does in yep. this movie. And I don't understand why she's in it. It's just irrelevant. Batman's got to have a girlfriend to be tempted away yeah. from by Poison We've Ivy. We've got to make sure Batman gets some in every movie. Yeah. Otherwise, people are going to ask questions about him. Um, I've seen... I have seen George Clooney be a good actor in things. Yeah, he, he okay. can be a good actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a brother out there... A brother out there, many stirred goats. There's, there's great performances from him in the past mm. why is he so bad in this like, yeah i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't get anything from his performance like no to, 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 to say that he was like infatuated with uh with uma thurman or at no. least chris o'donnell was doing a good job of it and then when chris o'donnell's like you know i i love her you know it's just you're, you're you know you're so jealous or whatever and he's like i love her too that's the problem and i was like what do you because i yeah. haven't seen this in your performance like- whatsoever like Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone are wooden, but they seem to at least be trying. Whereas George Clooney is like, he feels like he's just phoning this entire performance in, which I don't know. Maybe he was instructed to do it because that's like funny in a bad, like we've made a bad movie kind of way. But I think <laughs> it just comes across as, as just nonsense. It just yeah. comes across as like just confusing nonsense. Um, but okay, right. Now comes the moment where we have to decide on a rating. Mm-hmm. for this movie what, yeah. what what are you gonna give batman and robin i'm actually gonna just stick to two star so i'm gonna have it be the same i'm i yeah again it, i think you're talking you're talking way like one star films i don't i don't actually go for zero star films maybe i do maybe there's, there's, there exists one but never say never yeah never, never say <laughs> never but one star for me has got to be unwatchable you know and and yeah. this I, I made it through the film so it is terrible but I did make it through, so it's a two-star. Yeah, I think um, it's a two-star movie, though. It was clinging on to that by its fingernails for me yeah. because like, it's also like t- over two hours long, mm-hmm. which is outrageous for a movie like this to be that long. Like, it was, it was mm-hmm. boring, but there were enough bits of it that I liked, and the the production design was really on point for this. Like the set, the Gotham kind of setting was really back to being cool again in this. So yeah, I, I think two stars. Um, works for me as well um which is going to lead us very naturally onto the one simple question that we always ask at the end of this which is anthony what is your favorite movie this week 
MasterChef, uh, The Professionals. Uh, is that a movie? No, it's not at all. I've been watching okay. a lot. It's a reality cooking show. I've I mean, watching... at this point, you're allowed to say whatever you want. I can't check it. I've no way of fact-checking Yeah, this. I know. I've been watching a lot of MasterChef, The Professionals, so let's say Ratatouille. Okay, great. Yeah, that that's a that, that's a very thematically appropriate answer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe because that's the only good <laughs> film I've ever seen Chris O'Donnell in. I think he's bad in everything that's that he's ever made. Although I will say uh, I haven't seen it yet, but go and watch The Northman, everyone. Everyone, you may see a familiar name in there. Uh, my wife Emma worked on the costume, so she'll be in oh the credits. Yeah, I I was gonna I, I actually haven't told you this in real life, but um, me and my partner went to see The Northman and we <gasps> stayed till the end because I was like, let's see. Let's Let's wait for Eva's name in the credits. We saw her. Oh, she was there. Brilliant, brilliant, I pointed at the screen and I was like, I know that person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also a very good movie. So yeah, people should go check out The Northman. Um, awesome. It's, would you say it's a better movie than Batman and Robin? Um, I haven't seen it. That's the thing. Cause we oh, have, you haven't seen it? Yeah, Ema, that's right. Ema, okay. Ema went to see it at a special screening with all the with all the crew. Uh, and so therefore, we just haven't got a babysitter yet to go see it. So hopefully okay. in, the next, in the next few days. In the next few days, hopefully. Well, I hope you enjoy it more than Batman and Robin because I can say, from my point, point of view, I thought it was significantly better than, <laughs> than Batman and Robin. Um, and that is going to do it for us here on the best movie podcast ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song you can find links to their stuff down in the description below and thank you to you for listening please consider subscribing if you're not already we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps and the Colch cave on youtube get involved in the comments let us know what you think of batman and robin are you a batman are you a robin are you a batgirl you can be whichever one you want to be um but batgirl, not you... very pc conrad no not pc at all as batman <laughs> rightly observes but regardless of which one you are we will see you same time same place next week bye